0: blog talk radio good afternoon you're listening to blog talk radio far rock live and I am your host Shirley today I am honored to have as my guest the mayor of Durham North Carolina mayor William V. Bell affectionately known to us here in Durham as mayor Bill Bell he was first elected as mayor in 2001 And re-elected again in 2003, 2005, and 2007. I'd say he must be doing something right to be elected and re-elected four times. He has a master's degree in electrical engineering and is a graduate of Howard University and the New York University, respectively. Mayor Bell's political career began when he was elected to the Durham County Board of Commissioners in 1972, where he served about 26 years. He also served as chairman of the Board of Commissioners for about 12 of those years. He is currently executive vice president and chief operating officer of UDI Community Development Corporation, a local nonprofit organization. He's also a member of the Mayors Against Illegal Guns Coalition, which is a bipartisan group with the goal of making the public safer by getting illegal guns off the street. That coalition is also chaired by the mayor of Boston, Thomas Mamino, as well as New York City's mayor, Michael Bloomberg. And with all that he does in his capacity as mayor, he's also a normal man as well as a citizen of Durham. And that's what I'd like to focus on today, although I do reserve the right to ask one or two questions about his role as mayor of Durham. But I'd really like to take some time and talk to the man, the citizen of Durham. He hasn't called in yet. I do expect him to call in shortly. He did confirm that he will be calling in. So while we wait for him to call in... I will go ahead and he's calling in now. One moment. Hello? Hello? Is this Bell?
1: Yeah, how are you doing?
0: Hi, how are you, Maybell? We're on the air. Thank you so much for calling in.
1: Sure. We said 2 o'clock, right? Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah, we start at 2 o'clock. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're very busy, and I realize you do have another appointment, so you may have to leave us a little early. Okay, fine. Okay, and I was just giving a little introduction about your history and your long career as a politician here in the Durham, North Carolina area.
1: Well, I'm glad I didn't hear it, but go ahead.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Um, So as you know, there's so much negative talk about the social ills here in Durham. I'd like to focus on the positive elements, you know, those things that don't get highlighted as much, and also to have you share your views about life and some of the lessons that you learned through life, as well as any observations that you've gleaned from being in public office for so long? I think your insights will be valuable, particularly for the youth who may be listening in.
1: Well, sure, I appreciate that. I guess my first comment would be that um, I think you need no, we need to consider the source when you speak of persons speaking negatively of Durham. Um, it's very interesting that just in this last October 2008, issue Black Enterprise, Durham was rated the number one city in the United States to retire. Mm. Uh, and Black Enterprise had the top 20 cities across the United States for persons to retire, and Durham was rated number one.
0: And that's certainly uh, so a fact that did not get publicized as it should be. And which edition did you say that was in?
1: This is the October 2008 issue. Of Black Enterprise magazine, okay. and uh, just just the other day, uh, Business Week, which is another national publication, had a list of one of the the hardest places to purchase property in cities throughout the United States, and Durham was in the top ten, the top fifteen cities, uh, especially looking at the downtown area. So while there may be some negative comments about Durham, I think overall Durham is uh is well positioned and well respected.
0: I it certainly sounds like it and there's definitely some progressive development going on in the downtown area. We have that um the Performing Arts Center is a perfect example of that.
1: That's right. That that will be opening as as you probably know, uh the first Show will be a B.B. King performance which is opening the 30th of November. Uh, we will have our official ribbon cutting on the 1st of December. Of course, the public is invited to that. That's, I think, about 4 or 5 in the evening. And then the gala performance will be held on December the 13th uh, which we will have uh, John Legend as the uh, feature performer. Uh, this is a 2,800-seat performing arts theater that Uh, It's probably, it is the largest in this area, and uh, it's it's, going to be really a a great place uh, for people to to come. But I I spoke about downtown, but uh, we are also doing things in other parts of this community. We we also recognize that uh, we have certain neighborhoods that we probably need to focus a bit more on in terms of trying to revitalize and redevelop those neighborhoods, and the city is taking that task on, and uh, we're about the business of getting that done
0: right all right no doubt and you've had a long career in public office when did you know you want to be you wanted to be the mayor the mayor and what what inspired you
1: well to be honest uh i, I didn't want to be the mayor. Uh, i had, <laughs> i um uh, i was elected to the durham board of county commissioners in 1972 i um moved to Durham in 1968 to work with the IBM Corporation and uh, I had no intentions when I came to Durham about getting involved in, in politics. Uh, my, my aspirations were to come here as a young electrical engineer to work with IBM Corporation and hopefully advance my career uh, through that company. Mm-hmm. But some things happened and uh, I found myself involved politically and I, I ran for the first time to the Durham Board of County Commissioners in 1972 and I was fortunate enough to get elected and I served continuously on that board uh, as an elected official every two years through 1994 and I served as chairman of the Durham Board of County Commissioners from mm-hmm. 1982 to 1994. And I lost an election in 94 uh, and I was reelected in 1996 I was to the Board of County Commissioners I was reelected again to the Board of County Commissioners in 1998 and in 2000 I decided not to run again for the Board of County Commissioners I had retired from the IBM Corporation in 1996 and I was involved in some other things that um, I decided that I would not run again and some people who I respect uh throughout this community, persons I've known in different aspects, both social political business, et cetera, came to me and asked if I would consider running for the position of mayor in 2001. And quite frankly, that was probably the hardest political decision I'd had to make because, as I said, I'd served for about 26 years and i decided that I, I was no longer going to seek elected office. But ultimately, I, um, I decided to run in 2001, and fortunately, I was able to win. And so I'm now serving my fourth two-year term as mayor of Durham, having been reelected in uh, 2007.
0: Well, that definitely year. says a lot about you, and I certainly am one that don't believe things happen by chance. I believe you are destined to be mayor of this great
1: City where great things are happening. And well, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, a lot of stuff is is in the hands of the of the Lord, as we all know. And you know, certain things happen for certain reasons. But uh, I can tell you honestly, I, I had no intentions of uh, after I retired from the Board of County Commissions of getting involved uh, in an in elective office uh, when I did that. So.
0: And you had the chance to meet Senator Barack Obama when he was here in North Carolina almost a year ago. I believe it was about November of 2007?
1: Uh, Yes. In fact, I really met uh, Senator uh, Obama uh, before that. He had come to Durham once before at North Carolina Mutual Life Insurance Company, and uh, I and probably about four or five other persons had an opportunity to meet with him earlier during the evening, and then later on he came out and met with a, a larger group I had a reception at North Carolina Mutual Life Assurance Company. So I met him uh, prior to him coming to Durham at North Carolina Central in 2007. But when he came, it was the time of my most recent election. And um, I had some talks with the staff, and uh, what we decided is that um, I would introduce the senator at the rally at North Carolina Central University. And... uh, the senator also endorsed me at that time for my re-election as mayor of the city of Durham. And since that time, I've you know, met him on several other occasions as he's continued his campaign, which I know, know is going to be successful for president of the United States. Right.
0: What is your impression of
1: him? Um, first of all, he's very intelligent. So there's no question about that. He's no very intelligent uh, young man. And I, I say young considering uh, his age uh-huh. at, at this time and uh sort of a regular person uh, down there can relate in my opinion well to all levels of people, uh business, uh, low wealth, no um, uh wealthy persons. He's 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 just able to relate very well. And he understands the issues and uh he has a way of being able to communicate it. And he's definitely an organizer. I mean you don't you know I know some uh persons have sort of poo-pooed the fact that he was a community organizer, but uh, if you look at what he has done in this campaign and where he started from, uh, there's no question he's got a tremendous organization. Oh, uh, they've, they've done an awful lot and continue doing an awful lot in this uh, election bid.
0: Right, and I believe that community organization experience that he had serves him well because he can relate to people. You know, he's down there at the grassroots level with the people who matter.
1: Exactly. I mean, he he, he has a life experience that, to a certain extent, uh, is to be envied. I mean, to come from uh, his family background, uh, given his educational background, and given his experience uh, having worked in in communities, particularly in the Chicago community, uh, and then having also served as an elected senator in the House and the General Assembly in Illinois, and uh, elected as a United States senator. And the span that he's he's been involved uh, says an awful lot. And you don't get that far uh, without having uh, a certain amount of skill, acumen, and more importantly, the support of the people.
0: Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I admire about you, Mayor, because I see you all over this community. You are you're in the, the down there with the people who matter. Uh, I've seen you at. at the no bookstore at some of the events that Bruce has had there at different functions, and you, you're a people person, and I think that's one of the reasons for your success here in Durham because you can relate to the people and they can relate to you.
1: Well, I, I try to, but uh, that part of the the uh, position is easy. I mean, I, I try to be myself, and mm-hmm. uh, because ultimately I'm one as to look at myself in the mirror uh, you know I have to sleep I have to wake up and uh, as long as I know that I've done the best that I can do about a situation I, I move on uh, it's when I know I haven't done the best It's when I, I have some concerns and you also found out in this business you can't control everything you uh, know fact there's probably very few things that you really can control over when you look at it but uh as long as, you, as long as I know I've, I've done the best and I, I move on, and what happens, happens.
0: Absolutely. I'd like to take a moment and give out the call-in number for those that are listening and would like to call into the show. The number to call in is 347 and also the chat room is open if you'd like to visit us online and submit a question for the mayor of Durham, North Carolina, Mayor Bill Bell. So I know as mayor you're on call twenty four seven, and that that's pretty much correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, what makes you laugh? Let me divert from that question real quick, since we're laughing. What what are some of the things that make you laugh? What do you do um, when you need to get away from the job? You know, to have one of those Calgon take me away moments. What do you do to unwind? Well, well, really,
1: uh, probably what I find, aside from just being able to relax at home, where I find other opportunity to relax is uh, I try to take in a movie. Because mm. uh, generally, once you get in the movie, at least you've got about ninety minutes, pretty much to yourself to, you know, do nothing or, or do something. That's listen to the movie and look at the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's a sort of getaway for me if I'm doing something right here in Durham. Uh, occasionally, I would, you know, stop in some of the, like well, to stop in the top of the town uh, quite frequently when I was downtown in the evenings. But they, the hours has changed a little bit, so that's. Uh, not as easy for me to do as I did in the past, but uh, that's that's about
0: it. Okay, so have you seen any good movies lately?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, in fact, I um, Sam Jackson's movie I saw that the other evening.
0: Um, He's a great actor.
1: Yeah, he, he is, and I'm probably going to see, plan to see Spike Lee's new movie. I I ran into him. as probably a lot of people did when I was at the. Democratic National Convention in, in Denver, uh, he, he was, I soon as a delegate, he was on the floor, of the delegates were, and uh, I read a little bit about his movie. so I'm going to try to
0: catch that. So what is your favorite sports team? That's, I, I moved here from California a couple of years ago, and I I've never really been into sports, but since I've been here in North Carolina, I'm learning to really like all kinds of sports. I'm really amazed at how many women are involved and keep up with the sports as well, the, the basketball, the football. What's your well, favorite? Well, this, this, is, this,
1: this is definitely, I guess we, we're fortunate in that while uh, we live in Durham, we are part of the greater triangle area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got great universities, uh, Central, Duke, Carolina, State, Shaw, St. Augs, Alb- and all of them have a certain level of sports that uh, has an appeal for the various parts of the community. And then if you move on to the professional level, I haven't gotten into it. As, as I know a lot of other people have, but, you know, having uh, hockey here in the area has brought another dimension to it. So a great sports area. We have uh, great weather for it, and um, it seems to have done well. Our professional uh-huh. football and uh-huh. professional basketball haven't gotten here. Well, I know we're also part of a group that looks trying to bring a professional NFL team here uh, many, many years ago. Uh, we're not successful and put in a team that was, uh, I think it was American football. League. I don't forget what it is now, but it folded. But I think the competition was too much for it, given the uh, college and university atmosphere it had. And I think mm-hmm. it's probably, why has exceeded in in the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area because uh, you don't have the plethora of uh, universities to take away from basketball and football that you have here in this area. Mm -hmm.
0: It's quite competitive here Mm -hmm. with the college um, teams. So you still didn't answer the question, what makes you laugh? (laughs) Uh, What
1: makes me laugh? Yes. Uh, Well, the the point you made about the mayor's job being uh, twenty-four-seven—I don't think. In fact, I didn't realize it. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I I did the board of county commissioners for twenty-six years, and for all but uh, I guess two of those twenty-six years, I was employed full-time at IBM, and I chaired the board of county commissioners for twelve years during that period of time. And I was able to, to juggle the two. Uh, I could not be mayor of the city of Durham and have had the job that I had at IBM because it was just it was much more demanding than, than I anticipated. And I consider myself to be a pretty good uh, judge of and handler of my time. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I found is that with the mayor's position, uh, people, even if they, they don't know, they think they know what mayors do and what they can and can't do. Uh, when I was chairman of the Board of County Commissions, I think despite the fact that we even had a larger budget than the city does and we do things like Social Security and mental health, health care, we funded the school systems, and funded the sheriff, and et cetera, I don't think people really uh, knew what chairman of the Board of County Commissions was or what it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think everybody has an idea, so at least they think what the mayor does, and they don't hesitate to pick a phone call and call you. I, just, just before you call me, I had a young lady, I obviously won't give her name, but uh, called me and said, you know, she needed to speak with me you know, right away, as soon as possible, something that uh, she needed me to help out with. Now, I didn't ask her what and et cetera, but I'll call her back after I, I finish. And i just found that to be the case, so... When you said 24-7, it's literally 24-7 sense that people don't hesitate to, to give you a call.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, one thing that I I told the city manager uh, that I want him to call me about is any time there's a homicide in the city, I want to know about it. Uh, so it doesn't make a difference what time it is or when it occurs. As soon as they find out about it, I want them to call me and uh, let me know about it. But I haven't said that to people on the street, but they do it anyway.
0: So,
1: the mm-hmm. grocery so, store, mm-hmm. out in the streets or
0: So you've seen Durham go through a lot of changes through the years. What have you noticed diff- that's different today than, let's say, twenty or thirty years ago? Not, o- not so much about the development in the city, but as far as the, the people, the mindset. Well, I,
1: I think that's probably the biggest change. As, as I said, I came here in 68 and uh, to work with IBM. And in fact, when I came here in 68 to work with IBM, although I knew eventually I would be here in the Research Triangle Park, my first uh, job was really with IBM over at Six Forks and Raleigh the North Hills. And what I've seen is the... Uh, rapid increase in population in the Triangle area to include Durham and the diversity of persons that have come in here uh, from all across this country and, you know, all across the world to a certain extent, uh, which has brought a different level of demands and needs that people expect, uh, whether it's restaurants, uh, clothing stores, or shopping centers, housing, and et cetera, uh, which changed uh, dramatically. When I came here, they had uh, Brown Bag. Well, you, look, you're here from California, right? Yes. Uh, and I, I'm not asking what brought you here, but you're here. And uh, we, we've had uh, a lot of people. One of the biggest problems we had when I worked at IBM, and IBM is a company that's been known for moving people. In fact, you say it stands for I've been moved. Uh, but we seeded this location with a lot of persons from. Uh, facilities in Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, Fiscal, New York, uh, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the biggest problem we had was getting people to consider moving once they got here mm-hmm. because once they got here, you know, they sort of fell in love with, you know, the area, the quality of life, uh, homes, and et cetera.
0: Absolutely. So, and that is so easy to do. I fell in love with I had come out here a couple times on business. And uh, it's quite different than California. I love the greenery, I love all the trees and the open space areas. So after my divorce, I, I decided to come here to settle down here. And actually, my mother was born and raised here in, in Durham as well. So and I love it. I I like it a lot.
1: Well, and that's you know that's, that's a good point because um, I was I was born in Washington D.C., but I was raised and grew up in North Carolina since five years old. I went to public schools there, I finished high school, et cetera. And when I finished high school and went away to school and went to Howard, I said I'd never come back to North Carolina because then it was, you know, segregation was just changing. and yeah. Things were different here. But over the years, as I occasionally would come back here to visit because I had family and wanted to sell them, and I just see the area changing. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, after i finished grad school at nyu i had an offer from uh, from ibm and uh i came down and interviewed and uh ultimately decided to to, to move to move here and I, I never spent any time in durham although i was great raised, raised once and i came to durham very very infrequently but uh, it was just a different uh it was a different south
0: and it definitely is and i'm a city girl i've always lived in a city i'm i grew up i was born and raised in new york and when I moved here, it took some getting used to, the country <laughs> lifestyle, um, all the good food that you guys have here. Because, like I said, my mother was born and raised here, and she cooked North Carolina for us in New York. And so <laughs> living in California, I, start, you know, my, um, I, changed, I started eating healthy stuff. So yeah. when I came here <laughs> and went to these restaurants, they'd have, like, coconut pineapple cake things that my mother used to make for us when we were growing up. And I gained like $23,000 <laughs> in about six months because <laughs> it was food that I, I hadn't eaten in so long, but it just brought back all those memories yeah. and stuff that my mother cooked. So that's one of the things, you know, I had to get used to being here. It's like, wait a minute, you can't keep eating like that. You know, and then, you know, growing up in a city, um, the people talk differently in the South than they do in the North. And so it was, you know, getting used to that Southern dialect as well.
1: Well, but i acclimate it's, it. Well, uh, most people do, and I think that's why they're still here. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but you know, it's all about eating. You know, Durham is. If you look around the Triangle area, Triangle area, if you look at Raleigh and Chapel Hill and Cary. Durham has some of the best restaurants in the area, and they're known for that.
0: Uh, very people, diverse too. Very
1: diverse. Mediterranean. You, you can know. get just about anything. Your
0: palate. It's very eclectic. you exactly, all, exactly. All, all the So are there any observations that you've gleaned from being in public office so long that you'd like to share? Um, Uh, I guess, you know, for
1: me, you realize that you aren't going to please everybody. And if that's your goal, then uh, in my opinion, you'll never really be uh, successful at what you're doing if that's going to be your goal. There's always going to be. I mean, just look at the fact that Nobody receives 100% of the votes, so it means that somebody out there, obviously, for whatever reason, didn't choose to vote for you to be the position you're in. And even those that, that didn't vote, you you know people uh, are going to have differences. So uh, trying to please everybody is, is something that uh, is impossible. If you spend your time trying to do that, then I think you might end up meeting, missing the big picture of things that you're trying to do. Um Uh, Other pieces, uh, people can see through you. I mean, uh, you know, you can present yourself how you think you want people to see you, but people, I think, ultimately get to know who who you really are. And I've been a person that has tried to be me. Um, I I never expected to get involved politically, and uh, quite frankly, I, I still surprise myself because I'm really. I don't really see myself as being a true politician. Uh, I'm the person that probably prefers to try to work behind the scenes, uh, get things done, and and move on. Uh, I don't care for the TVs and the media and all that stuff, Uh, but that comes as a part of the job. It's like I'm doing an interview with you. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. that's a part part of the job, but those things I don't seek out. I'm, I'm more comfortable where I've been able to Get involved with a project and see it come to fruition, and move on. That's that's what really pleases me, and that's why I like doing the things that I do locally. When I say I do locally, I've never had an interest in going to Raleigh, or going to Washington. Not saying I could go there if I wanted to, but uh, when when you're in a local elected position, chances are you're being impacted on a daily basis by the things that you do, and you can see that. When you go to Raleigh, you're working on a much larger pool, uh, and not necessarily dealing specifically with what matters back at home. And when you get to Washington, you're even further removed. But you know, if that's what people like. That's what there are opportunities for them to do. But I, I like doing things locally where I can. I talk about taxes, talk about streets, talk about development. That's something I can see every day, and that's that's what I enjoy doing.
0: And you're right. It is important for a person to be themselves because people are very perceptive today. And, you know, you're really not fooling anybody but yourself anyway, trying to be something or somebody that you're not. What would you be doing if you weren't mayor? I know you have your nonprofit organization.
1: Well, it's not mine. I work at a nonprofit, UDIC-CDC. Um, I'm not sure what I would be doing. Probably uh, relaxing a lot more doing nothing (laughs) Uh, like like I did when I was out of office in 96. uh, And I know I could do it because, quite frankly, I I did not really miss being out of office. Uh, It was a time in my life when, as I said, I retired from um, from IBM. Um, My youngest daughter was... Uh, just starting high school at Hillside, and she was on cheerleaders and dance and stuff like that. So she wasn't driving. So I found myself going to games to meet her and sitting through a basketball game or a football game. You know, uh, not necessarily having to go to meetings. Uh, if I went to a meeting, if I wanted to leave, I could leave. Didn't have to wait because I was a part of it or something like that. So it's just uh, the the knowledge of you can do it if you want to, or you don't do it if you don't want Absolutely. to.
0: Absolutely. There's a lot of freedom in that, huh? Exactly. Yeah. And I know you work closely with the commissioners and various councils and boards. What are you most proud of having accomplished so far as mayor of Durham? Well,
1: again, could you hold for just a second?
0: Sure. And you're listening uh, to Far Rock Live on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Shirley Williams, and we're having we're speaking with the mayor of Durham, North Carolina.
1: Shirley, yes. um, one of the things you, you realize quickly, uh, if you don't already know it before you get into it, you don't really do anything by yourself in this job in terms of getting things done. Even though I'm the mayor of the city, uh, on that council, there are seven of us. And it takes a majority of those seven, at least a majority of those seven, to enact policy and to get things done. So you've got to be able to work with people. Uh, The other part about that is that though I'm on the city council, there are areas where we have to do or we try to work jointly with the county commissioners. So, my previous experience on the Board of County Commissioners, I think, has helped bridge that relationship between the City Council and the County Commissioners. And as a result, I think we've been able to do some very positive things jointly. But the the gist of it is that you have to be able to work with people and form coalitions uh, to try to move things forward. And uh, I try to recognize the strengths that. My colleagues on the council have, and I tend to lean to that. Uh, I'm probably not as verbose on the council or even when I was on the commission because uh, I'm of opinion that when you've got, you know, three or four people, or five or seven people, whatever you've got, chances are someone is going to say what you're thinking. So I, I leave the opportunity for them to do that. But it's something that I think needs to be said or a gap needs to be filled and I can do it, then I tend to speak up and weigh in on that. But I, I try to uh, rely on the strengths and the interests that my colleagues have in various areas in terms of how, how we move forward. And I, I do that on with the council, commissioners, uh boards that I serve on in, in general. So it's important to have a good working relationship, uh, and um uh, realizing that one person doesn't do it by themselves. You may may germinate the idea. Uh this was school merger. I guess the problem is the thing that and you weren't here when that occurred, but um in this community when we had two separate school systems, city school system, predominantly black inner city, probably ninety plus percent of the, the students were on free lunch. And then you had the county school system, predominantly white, uh, more wealthy community. Um, we brought those two systems together, which is, which is produced the Durham Public Schools, which we have now. But that was a very trying time. And I guess as chair of the Board of County Commissioners, uh, I first raised the issue, raised the idea, and pretty much, I guess, led the effort to, to make that happen. And there were some pretty tough times because anytime you speak about dealing with an issue such as people's children, uh, that's very sensitive. And, uh, the fears of the unknown, the fears of change, all those things came into play. The fears of race, inequities, money and all that. Uh, but we ultimately were able to get that done in 1992. And some people say the reason I lost the election in 1994 was because of my efforts on school merging. I can't say that it might not have played a part in it, but uh, there were other factors. Uh, the bottom line is I didn't get enough votes, so I lost. But uh, and that was a time when Republicans pretty much, because commissioners are as opposed to the city council. commissions is a partisan uh, elected board, and I was a Democrat. Still am a Democrat. And um, there were two Republicans that ran, and uh, two of the Democrats lost. I was one that lost. But that that behind me, that's probably one of the areas that I thought was very positive for this community that I had an opportunity to play a role in. Um, and, you know, we can talk about other things that are happening in the city. we trying to do revitalization of our inner city neighborhoods. I think we've made a... Good start when the city council, uh, uh, under my pride, and, um, went over to Northeast Central Durham and bought Barnes Avenue, two blocks, about 40 houses, dilapidated, drug-infested, all of the ills of, of community. Uh, they convince convinced the city council to buy up those two blocks, tear the houses down. And if you go over there and look at that neighborhood now, I think it's a neighborhood that anyone would be proud to, to live in.
0: Well, those are definitely qualities that make for good leadership and you definitely have to be able to work cooperatively with other people for a common good. So who are some of your heroes?
1: Uh, well, probably the hero that's that closest to me that I know uh, uh would have been my grandfather. Oh. Uh, a man that I uh, didn't finish high school and was able to um, support a family, five-year-olds, my mother being one of them, and a son who got killed in the Navy, who um, was able to acquire property and just sort of carried himself with uh, his strength and, I guess, support that he was able to get, uh, but he uh, taught me a lot, and uh, if you talk about heroes, that's probably more personal hero, you can always talk about people who you admire, such as uh Nelson Mandela, uh, you know, Martin Luther King and et cetera. But in terms of hero and having a personal acquaintance, who uh, be my grandfather on
0: my mother's grandfather. Yep. What is it that you admire about um Nelson Mandela and Martin Luther King?
1: That they were able to have a vision, uh, that they were able to have a vision and uh, to articulate that vision, uh, to be strong enough to get other persons to be supportive of what they were doing and what they were trying to do. Uh, And they did it in times of adversity under, I'm sure, a lot of duress and stress, Uh, but they remain focused and I guess true to their cause and as a result uh, we have a different United States a different country no question in my mind and to a certain extent a different world because of those individuals mm-hmm. and when I say that a world that's better now we still have our problems I'm right? thinking about it, now we don't have problems but uh, things that were unthinkable uh, when they were articulating those, uh, have now become a reality. Have an opportunity to become a reality. I mean, the, the fact that you got Barack Obama, you know, okay. 45 years later, uh, running as a major party candidate for president of the United States, uh, something that you know, is historic. I mean, even if he doesn't get elected, I truly believe he is going to get elected. But uh, the fact that in this day and time, uh, four to five years later, after you know, Martin Luther King articulated his vision, uh, you've had that
0: occurring says an awful lot. Absolutely. So let's go back to your childhood for a minute, if you don't mind. What were you like as a child? elementary school, junior high school, high school. We know about your college years.
1: Um, I guess to a certain extent, um, I, was, I was probably very verbose, very talkative. to elementary school, and middle school, and high school. Um, I, I guess I was a good student. I, I can't say I was smart and anything like that, but I thought, I thought I did did well enough to, you know, finish school and uh, get accepted into, you know, to college. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I like to say I had a hard time coming up. But I really didn't. Um, my uh, parents divorced, and I moved to Winston when I was five to began living with my grandparents on my mother's side, and um, I was an only child, so um. that probably accounted for some of the things that I was able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a lot of love in my family. Um, I can't say I ever went hungry. or really wanted for an awful lot, but what I did have an opportunity to do was to um Develop relationships with persons from all levels of the economy because I, I grew up in a segregated society. But uh, right across the street from where my grandparents lived, which was on 14th Street, and 14th Street was like one of the prominent streets for African Americans in that time. But right across the street in the next block was a place called Curry's Alley. uh... shotgun houses. Uh, Dirt streets, um, uh, some outhouses, uh, and I developed a relationship with kids that lived in those those developments. Uh, that place eventually got torn down, and they built public housing on it, which is like night and day for what it had been. But I still maintain a relationship with uh, persons that you know lived in those developments, and I, I learned a lot from them. And then, of course, I had you know friends who were uh, middle-class families and, and above, but I think that sort of environment sort of, sort of helped me as I've, you know, done whatever I've been able to do since I've gotten involved as a, as an adult.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. We just had a call, a call, and I think I just lost a call. Uh, I'm sure they'll call
1: Because I was that. talking too long.
0: <laughs> no, no. Hey, this is your show. <laughs>
1: Yeah but I you, you Well got hopefully, talking the, about hopefully stuff they'll I don't call
0: like back or about. submit a hopefully they'll call back or submit a question via the, um, the mm-hmm. chat room. But I think that's important for kids to reach out beyond the environment that they're so used to. Well, well
1: and you know, nowadays I personally think that young people who are growing up now, I look at my kids. I mean, I've got I've got, you know, granddaughters now, you know, you know very, very infants, but if I look at uh, my my children, you know, three young ladies and a son who's old, is they're, you know, adults now. But even if I saw them growing up in elementary school, middle school, high school, I think kids nowadays have a tougher time growing up than I did. Mm-hmm. Because when I grew up, I didn't have all the outlets and all the other things pulling at you the kids that they have. So I didn't have a lot of choices. I mean, I, you know, I lived in a segregated neighborhood. Um, that was pretty much my surroundings. Uh, didn't have the issues of drugs. You might have had alcohol, but certainly not drugs. Uh, the type of violence that you saw was, wasn't as frequent as what you see now, and it was being committed by people much older, not young kids that you see, what's happening now, 18 to 24 and 21 years old, who
0: 20, 25
1: years old, who committing the types of crimes that we're doing. And, you know, people weren't as connected back then as they are now. When I say connected, because of communications, uh, you, pretty much, you, don't, you don't have to go to Africa <laughs> to understand what's in Africa, mm-hmm. because of, uh, you know, the Internet, because of TV and movies.
0: Right,
1: uh, this is such an information you know, I, I, age. Huh? This is such this an is, information this is, age. This is a different age. You know, I, I was, you know I've was, traveled quite a bit, obviously, through the country and, and overseas, but um, I took my first trip to Africa about two about a couple months ago. Hmm. But I was not surprised with what I saw because I'd seen some of it before. Now, there are things that I hadn't seen Mm -hmm. that surprised me, but, you know, when you go to the Serengeti and uh, you go to the places where wildlife are, I'd seen a lot of that on TV, so seeing it in person was good to experience it, but, you know, I felt I'd been there to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was growing up, I didn't have that type of, you know, you could see it through books, if you read a book you can you can go anywhere. And that's what I tell kids today, you know, you pick up a book, you can pretty much go anywhere.
0: Absolutely.
1: But uh but now they've got even more than books I mean, and to a certain extent maybe that's why kids don't read books as much as they used to. Unfortunately. Yeah.
0: What what part of Africa did you go to?
1: Uh, I was in Tanzania.
0: So what did you do? Arusha,
1: Tanzania, not Kilimanjaro. I'm sorry. But uh, Tanzania, Arusha, Tanzania, country Tanzania, and not Kilimanjaro. It's on the east coast of, of Africa. Mm-hmm. And you know what what else it does, is it gives you, at least it gave me again an appreciation of what we have here.
0: Absolutely. That's one of the things about traveling. It, that was that's my experience as well. When I travel to other countries, you really do appreciate what you have here. Sometimes we take it for granted, but when you go and yeah. see how other people are living in other areas, it really does make you appreciate. Home. Well, it does. I mean,
1: you know, e- even in the more cosmopolitan countries overseas, you know, like Paris and you know London, those places I've been there. Um, but still, you, know, you come back to the United States, you just have a – I had a better appreciation for it. You know? Even I was in China a couple of years ago. And, you know, certain parts of China, particularly in places like Beijing, Dalian, and you can close your eyes and open and you think you might be in New York because of, you know, the way they've developed and the buildings and et cetera. Then you get outside of those places and you look at the countryside. Uh, it's just different, different view of it the same thing. But, again, I, I guess I started out by saying in terms of childhood and young people, I think it's much more difficult for them to grow up because of because of the choices. And life is all about choices. Yes. And when you have fewer choices, to a certain extent, it limits your movement maybe in the wrong path. Uh, certain might limit your opportunities, but it also limits you know certain things you might otherwise be doing, but now with drugs and you know kids have cars and you know yeah I think well, and,
0: and it is it's a lot of things vying for these kids' attention these days, yeah. you know they have yeah. so much to contend with that we didn't have to deal with when we were yeah. growing up, and it was such a sense of community back in the day that I don't see as mu- I don't see that cohesiveness in the communities today that we have. Well, I don't think it's
1: it's not there. You know, the neighborhood I live in, and it's bad to say, but the neighborhood that I live in, about maybe eight or ten years ago, I guess it's been that long ago, I met my across-the-street neighbors. I met them, my wife and I met them at a hotel in Paris, France. I mean, they live right across the street from me, exactly. And the first time I really met them was during the time my wife were, and I were in Paris at a hotel. And they happened to be there also. And they knew me. But I didn't know them. Huh?
0: That's what Small I, and, world, yeah, huh? Yeah. yeah. Huh? Small world, huh? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Very, very much so. And shrinking every day. Got it. But then, you know, aside from the other um, stimuli that are vying for these kids' attention, you know, the parents are different today than they were back in the day also. Yes. Um, well, but you yeah. have these young kids having kids.
1: Well, see, I think that's what we victims are. And when I say we, even though we might not be one of those parents, uh product of one of those parents, we're still impacted by it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I strongly believe that. We're impacted by the fact that we've got babies having babies you, you have kids who are probably not more than sixteen or seventeen years old and younger than their parents and i I think that to me this country a turning point for me in this country was Vietnam. I think Vietnam produced a lot of other things that we are now seeing the results of. You know, veterans being crippled, coming home, getting introduced to drugs over to this country. And I I think we've changed since that time. I don't think any other war that we've had in this country, Korea, Germany, has had the more negative impact on our society than Vietnam had.
0: And that's true but I, I kinda see the same thing happening with the war that's going on right now in Iraq and these young kids. I mean these are young kids going over there experiencing mind-boggling things and coming back here very, very um, discombobulated to say the least.
1: I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Uh, but I think the magnitude of what Vietnam was, as opposed to where where Iraq set the stage for it, uh, and and I'm speaking about the drug culture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean that's that's what happened mm-hmm. during, during Vietnam. Uh, you, you had the hippies and all the other stuff, but that's what happened. You had the countercultures. And it was all because of, you know, what was happening over in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people acted it out. Uh, and it, to me it was just a different magnitude. And I'm not by any means condoning what we're doing over in Iraq. I mean, I, I think everybody to person to a certain extent says that was the wrong war to get involved in. Mm-hmm. And we're reaping some of the negative Results of that now in terms of not only people being maimed and killed over in Iraq uh, because of the economic situation that is occurring as a result of that. With Vietnam, Johnson was of the opinion that you could have bread and butter at the same time. So he funded programs, you know, the Great Society programs and all the things that allowed the economy to sort of keep turning. But here... You, you can't, have, we're, we're not having it. I mean, you, when you start spending $10 billion a day, you know, trillions of dollars, you can't yeah. continue to. And we've become, the other part is, you know, people come, become accustomed to a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it's being impacted by what's happening here. I mean, and then we're going to talk about the financial situation we're in.
0: <laughs> no. And I think also one of the residual effects of the Vietnam War is when they came back, I don't think society was too prepared to deal with the ills that back. these people brought back with them. Mm-hmm.
1: They, they, they they weren't welcomed back, and the issues that they came back with, we weren't prepared to deal with. it. And so, you know, that's, that's when you start seeing homeless veterans. You, you didn't see that uh, in the Korean War. What you got out of the Korean War was the GI Bill. You know, people came back, and they had an opportunity to go on the call, it's about houses. Uh, you, you weren't saying that in, in with Vietnam. Mm-hmm. One, it was in a war to start with. And the people weren't welcomed back with open arms. Uh the parades, uh, none of that.
0: Absolutely. And that uh, wasn't too good for their morale their morale either. Um, you're listening to far rock live on blog talk radio i'm your host shirley and the guest today is Mayor bill Bell from durham north carolina we have about six minutes left of the show if you'd like to call in before the end of the show the number to call in is 347-202-0207 so mayor i want to thank you so much for being on the show i well, really appreciate uh, it i know you have so much to do um, i know you have to get off to another meeting soon and I am so honored, that again, that you took time out of your busy day to spend with us.
1: Well, I appreciate and, it, and I, I, I admire you for you know, taking on initiatives such as, you know. Well,
0: thank you. I something I can
1: that. do. But, uh, and I look welcome. forward
0: to seeing you again around town. Before okay. you go, though, is there any, any advice at all that you'd like to leave with the audience before um, you go off? or anything that you'd like to say. Con-
1: continue to listen to Shirley's show, and uh, <laughs> if you know others that haven't, invite them to do so also.
0: <laughs>
1: that's the advice.
0: Thank you so much. Okay.
1: Don't Take Don't forget care.
0: the vote.
1: <laughs> that's, that's something that I should have said. And, uh, in fact, I was uh, down at Haytown Heritage Center. Uh, today It's Radio 1, you'll not be It's been spending all day uh, encouraging people to come out and register. Mm. So... Uh, in order to vote, you got to register. And people still have until October the 10th to get registered. And if they have and So Radio
0: them, 1 is at Hayti all day today, did you say?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, the Light and um, 103 Point and uh, Fox at 107. Both of them are doing it. Excellent.
0: Okay. Well, thank you all so right. much for your time. Take care. And you have a great day. Thank you. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. And that was our wonderful mayor of Durham, North Carolina, Mayor Bill Bell, and I thank him so much for his time. See, I told you he is so down to earth. So that's gonna do it for our show today. Again, if you're not registered to vote, as the mayor said, October tenth is the last day to do so. As well as I believe that, um, let me see, what is the deadline? And if you need to know more about the election process, if you have any questions at all about your polling place, do um, visit the North Carolina State Board of Elections to find out where your polling place is. If you're not sure, please don't wait till the last minute to find out where your polling place is. And also, um, one-stop and early voting begins Thursday, October 16th, and it runs through November 1st. Mail-in voting has already started here in North Carolina. It started September 15th, and it will go through October 28th. We have local elections. If you're not familiar with the issues or the other candidates that are running, again, please take the opportunity to visit your local state board of elections, and that's going to do it for our show today. This is Shirley, your host of Log Talk Radio's Far Rock Live, and I thank you so much for joining us.